Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, let's give this a try. Scott Drew holding. Scott Drew on line one. Scott, come in. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, you guys did a great job boxing me out. But you know what? I got through. I got through. The blitz finally worked. <laughs> oh, man. You've infiltrated the Mosley show. Did you hear that news? Hey, folks, Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. Uh-uh. Uh, um, Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg yeah. Barbecue is coming to Foster Pavilion. How fun is that? I mean, wow, we're just gonna we're gonna awesome. have everything there. Golly. Yes, sir. That's the happening place. Yeah, and uh, banana pudding. They'll have some brisket sandwiches and everything. So they're one of our sponsors. They're a great Baylor sponsor. Philip and Yvette Hellberg. Their place like burned recently, Scott, and then they just came rolling back. A resilient couple. And they're already serving again at their place, and they'll be over at Foster Pavilion. So that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. How how excited have you been um, to be over at Foster? And is it starting to feel, you know, like home? I mean, I, I'm sure you discover something new about it all the time. Uh, how have these first couple of weeks? How's it gone? Has it been hectic? And are you getting enough practice time in there? to kind of make it feel I'm sure you have your shoot arounds and all but I you know how, how does it how is it feeling to you well you know it's, we're treating it like an NBA arena this this year and what I mean by that is um, our offices and everything weight room all that stuff has stayed the same because really the only place open in the pavilion is the court so um, we're in the visiting locker rooms and everybody's kind of in makeshift places so the only time we go over there is the day before a game and you get one practice, and then you'll shoot around the day of the game. And then other than that, um, everything's business as usual at the Farrell Center. So uh, very similar to NBA arenas where their practice facility and offices and everything are one spot, and then they go on game days to the arena. And we'll do that until probably uh, July. Um, okay. uh, and at that point this summer, then we'll make the move, and Acro and Tumbling will have the Farrell and – We'll be fully over there. But uh, uh, I can tell you, every time we go over there, the players uh, uh, love it. And really, they love it when it's game time. And such a, such a, you've been there, such a great uh, atmosphere, home court environment. And for, for downtown, I mean, once we finish all the construction and everything, uh, again, you don't have to be a basketball fan and what it's going to do for the downtown area and for when they have concerts and whatnot, it's going to be great for the city of Waco. How much louder does it already feel to you during the game? I mean, you used to kind of you used to yeah. have to whip the crowd into a frenzy. I don't really think you're going to have to do a lot of that. You're still doing your signature yeah. Scott Drew fist pump from time to time yeah. when something big happens. But how, what is it? What does it sound like to you during games? Well, I think uh, the best way to describe it is you know you get a ten for the perfect dunk. And I think at the, at the Farrell, it did get loud. But the Farrell, let's say that let's say that that, that was a, a a five to a seven, normal. And what I mean by normal is that's the normal noise decibel level. And I think at the new pavilion, it's in an eight on the normal. It's not even close. And then the upside when it gets going, that's when it gets to ten, where just the Farrell couldn't do that because it was too spaced out. And it's very similar. Like you got that uh, Ferrari you drive. And you can go 180 miles an hour where the rest of us, 
I mean, we, we, <laughs> we, we top out at a hundred, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> have you seen my Ferrari lately? I'm, I park it over at the herd center and then I walk under that bridge to get over the pavilion uh, but, uh, by the way, people have done a good job parking and the shuttle's been nice. And I got to say the uh, media shuttle, nothing, you know, we complain about everything, the media, that's what we're known for. But I, other night I got out of that thing and there was a shuttle, a warm shuttle on a cold night, just waiting for me next to Clifton Robinson tower. So I'm telling you, I mean, under some weird circumstances, They've done a really nice job because this is a strange thing without all the parking and without this thing being finished out to try to get everybody in there, and yet they seem to be doing it without a hitch. I've heard that from numerous people as well. Uh, um, Baylor, the city, done a yeoman's effort getting it done in 20 minutes, twenty months. And for anyone that goes, obviously it's an, a great experience, but I think the the – the, the thing that people have been most proud of or most surprised with is just it, it's a lot easier to get in and out of it, and um, especially this year, that, that's such a blessing. What did you think of Bridges the other night? I mean, that was pretty remarkable. It just seems like he's finishing through contact, lots of confidence. What, what kind of player are you seeing this year? And, like, how much of that is just adding some bulk, getting stronger, like, wh- where have you seen his game grow the most? Because he's already a really nice player for you and did a lot of dirty work. But we saw it late last year. He started to yeah. score more and and really get the shot going. Have you just seen a continuation of that? Yeah, J- Jalen is such a great teammate. A lot of times he likes to fit in. And some guys show up and they're just the alpha dog right away. And Jalen lets the game come to him, lets everything uh, – he, he, he likes to get familiar, and that's why people love playing with him is he doesn't force things, um, very unselfish. Last year, got comfortable, made shots. He always rebounds. Um, he really, really low turnover guy. He's gotten uh, stronger uh, um, and better defensively, but uh, I think he picked off where he let, let off last year and then going through the draft process. I thought that was – he continued to improve, and then he saw what he needed to get better in. And at the end of the day, the biggest thing is it, it, why people like uh, uh, experience is they've been through it. And Jalen's now in his fifth year in college, and that experience really helps. That gives you more consistency. And at the end of the day, um, that's why, that's why uh, freshmen normally you have great moments, but you don't have the consistency because they haven't done it day in and day out. Like Matt Mosley on the radio, you are a vet, baby. Like there are no bad days. It's just perfect tens. Yeah, I don't think you heard the show Tuesday. <laughs> um, what now? What do you say? Speaking of these freshmen, what about Eve? What about um, what about Eve when he has a game like he did the other night? I mean, it's just uncharacteristic. He's one of the best freshmen in the country. He has like one rebound and no points. I mean, he's been scoring ten just on putback dunks. What was, I mean, if part of that was foul trouble, but what do you say to Eve, you know, a young guy like that after a game that just kind of didn't really go his way? I mean, we're used to him almost taking over these games, and for whatever reason, it just didn't really happen the other night. Well, the great thing is you can see Steph Curry, once this year, is going to go over 13 from three. 
And no one on the Golden State uh, Warriors is going to be nervous about that at all. And same thing, uh, everybody's not going to have their best games. And just what I said, normally the experienced guys, you're a little more consistency because they've been through the ropes. They know the rigors of it. Very similar to an NBA rookie. I mean, an NBA rookie compared to an NBA vet, one's used to playing 82 games. The other's just experiencing it, so they're going through more ups and downs. Um, but that's, that's what makes a great team is you got to have depth. you got to have balance. And when someone doesn't have a good night, well, you can't be like, well, we're going to take a loss because this person didn't, didn't make shots play well or whatnot. Um, you got to have multiple people ready to step up. And that's what's so good about this team is uh, you got to have depth and, and we've had different people step up. I mean, you look at college basketball, if you're a team, you're probably losing. If you uh, uh, watched any of the scores this week, because <laughs> it seemed like there are only about three ranked teams that have won all week. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't that UCF thing something? I mean, I don't know what to make of UCF, but, I mean, they're just kind of hanging around the first half, and then they they take down Kansas. I mean, you, you every it's just a reminder that going on the road, you got to treasure those road wins. I mean, I even that Oklahoma State win, finding a way, that's going to be huge, isn't it, for you even maybe later down the road uh, well, to, remember, to pull out a game like that. Ball. Remember, basketball has the toughest, it's the hardest sport to win on the road, and that's because the, the crowd has such an impact. And, and, and I know you're, you're, you, you, uh, um, I've shared this story with you personally, but like Sports Illustrated a long time ago did that study in Europe, and they took the soccer stadiums and the soccer stadiums that had tracks between, like a running track between the stands and the field, they, those teams didn't have the home court advantage that the teams that had the, the no track and the, and the fans were closer. And really the only time it was completely even is when there were no fans, when there was riots or fights and they banned fans. And that gives you the true sense because fans can help influence the opposing team. They can help influence officials. They influence everything. And, and you take that out. And that's a big part of the home court advantage is that momentum and, and influence that they have. Normally, Coach Self takes those officials with him, though. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> how, what, what's the deal? How disappointing is it when a guy like D'Antoine Grimes, who we, we obviously, everybody likes the guy. Yeah. I mean, he, and he was, a, he was really a nice, I mean, you know, and he, he, you were hoping to get more from him, but you have, he's behind like five guards. I get it. You can't get time for everybody. What do you say to a guy like that when he? Because you hate to see somebody leave his teammates during the season, but I'm sure y'all think a lot of him. So what what did yeah. you what did you make of that decision and 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 how do you handle something like that? Well, first and foremost, we're thankful and grateful for his contributions to our program, and then the second thing is uh, we help him uh, any way that uh, we can moving forward uh, uh, with finding a school that uh, he, he feels. Uh, led to go to, and um, that's to the, the day and age now. I mean, people are gonna gonna change schools, and um, not everybody's gonna come and finish where they start. And uh, our job is to pour into them and uh, help them as much as we can while we're blessed to to coach people. And um, uh, I know I know we'll be praying for them and uh, hoping the best for them. Uh, at the same time, uh, we're right in the middle of starting Big Twelve play, so. 
Uh, it's, it's on to Cincinnati, who's the number one defensive rebounding team in the country and uh, the number eight overall offensive rebounding team in the country. So the good thing about the Big 12 is no matter who you're playing, when you're playing them, you've got a great test ahead of you, and that gets you focused real quick. What stood out to you, that BYU game, they almost beat Texas. As you just said, uh, offensive and defensive rebounding, top ten in the country. That does jump off the page at you. But I, I thought Wes would struggle in his first year in the Big 12, and he may yet uh, do that. It's always tough, but still very competitive. Could easily be 2-0 and oh, uh, instead of 1-1, one and one, if not for a last-minute nice bounce there from Acemas. Um, what, what, what kind of has stood out and who do you really have to zero in on and, and be prepared for in this one? Well, Cincinnati's a, a real strong physical team, a really big team. Um, at start of 6'11", four-man, seven-foot center, and then they, they just rotate the bigs in, and um, some of them are uh, a little better on the perimeter. Some of them are elite shot blockers. Some of them are uh, um, good post players. Um, but kind of like BYU had uh, a mixture, um, but that's what makes them so good is they have that depth and uh, uh, they all really compete. And uh, one of the best things that uh, a coach can compliment another coach on is just how hard the team plays. And Cincinnati plays extremely hard. And uh, um, I think they opened the nation's eyes with their win at BYU. Uh, but this is a team top 30 in the, uh, the net and um, it, it got off to a good start. I think really what, what changed their seasons when they got a couple guys that, that originally we're going to have to miss this year. And then now they're playing for them. And obviously that, that gets them uh, uh, a jump start and gives them uh, more depth than they thought they would have going into the year. If, if uh, the people uh, that are playing now would have been cleared this summer, I think Cincinnati would have had a lot more national buzz going into the year because everybody knew how good uh, the other two guys were that weren't playing. You think Jizzle James is one of the better names in college basketball, the son of the great Edgerin James. I can't believe that. It seems like Edgerin was just a rookie on my fantasy <laughs> football team just a few years ago, and now Jizzle James. I mean, what a what a name! And that guy that guy br- brings it, I believe, off the bench for them. Well, he's somebody uh, we saw play in high school and uh, uh, loved how he competed and played, and he's a really good player. Um, you know, in in, in basketball. Uh, there's a lot of times you look out there and say, man, that guy would be a great football player. Uh, I, he could be a great football player, too. He is really athletic and really tough. Um, uh, got some Davion Mitchell in him. Ooh. My gosh. You're worrying me now if he's got some Davion Mitchell um, to, to say that. Scott Drew on the Matt Mosley Show. How about that? Wasn't that wild? The Belichick, Saban, Pete Carroll, isn't that, just, isn't that just wild as a coach to see that level of greatness? Maybe the best NFL coach ever, the greatest college football coach ever, and within a 24-hour period, those two guys, and Pete Carroll's certainly great. I mean, as someone who loves coaches and respects coaches and grew up around them, uh, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, and, and to look back on those careers, and Belichick may not be done, and Pete may not be done, but uh, that was pretty wild, wasn't it, to see that, that kind of thing in a, in a short period of time. Well, the one thing I love is, is when, after they did it, everybody talking about the, the effect 
and um, the positive impact they've had on so many people and not only the programs and the wins, but just how they've done it and uh, uh, the players that have gone on the greatness after playing for them. But uh, I've, I, when, after, the year after we won the championship, uh, I visited with Coach Belichick and I've talked with them since then. Um, I've talked to Coach Saban and talked to him since then. And, and I don't say that to name drop. I say that to say really humble, servant, great leaders that want to help other coaches. And some coaches be like, I'm not talking to any basketball coaches. I'm not talking to any college coaches or whatnot. Like um, really good men um, that, that care about helping get the best out of young people. And um, they pass on their wisdom and knowledge to, to coaches to help them so that they, they can learn from them. And uh, that's, that's uh, something that I, I, I didn't tweet about it or anything, but uh, since you talked about it, like a uh, huge respect for both of them that they would, um, and you see why they're successful because first of all, they give back to you and they do it in a timely manner and then they give you time and then they help you. And you're like, man, no wonder people like playing for them because they, they, they help you. And that's the definition of a coach. It helps someone get from one spot to another. Actually, I think uh, coaches came from the word coaches came from stage coach back in the day. I learned that from coach Dale Brown. He's a man of a lot of talent <laughs> and wisdom. Dan Dale Brown from LSU. Wow, that is uh, that, that's stagecoaches. Coaches came for stagecoaches. That's some man. I got to look into that. I mean, I don't want to read a little more about that. Isn't that <laughs> isn't that isn't that neat to see uh, Grant and uh, Jerome facing off tomorrow? I mean, I I know this is going to happen, and you're going to keep running into these guys that were on your coaching tree and on your staff. But when you see them square off um and this will be the first time for those two I, i'm sure there's a lot of pride but it's just kind of fun for me to imagine those guys because they you know they, they were at each other every once in a while you know they're competitive dudes but jerome always rooted for grant like crazy he would watch his games like unt whatever they were on even if it was like flow tv he was trying to watch unt to see how they were doing so that's got to be a neat feeling for you to to see, you know, two of your coaches square off like that. Well, it, it, it's it's so happy and proud for their success. Um, I tell you what I like the best, though, is seeing us three all uh, uh, at the top of the Big 12 standings, and that's, mm. that's, that's a lot more exciting than actually competing against one another. I think uh, uh, Coach Mack, Coach Tang, and, and myself would probably say uh, the tough thing is after that game's over, you know whoever loses what they're going to feel, and you don't want your friends to feel that. You know, um, mm-hmm. but at the same at the same time, uh, that's that's uh, 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 part of being in the same conference. Uh, you compete like crazy, and then you cheer for each other once you're done. Yeah, you need to put them in those other conferences, though. Like Paul Mills is in a safe conference, right? He's not. Well, you can tell Grant and and Jerome that, all right? Well, I think think Grant was the one who got Jerome working out, if I remember the story correctly. And Jerome, yeah, yeah, and kind of they started some of those early morning workouts and and uh, and I think they've you know continued to this. Jerome takes good care of himself. He you have to when you like eating as much as Jerome does, and uh, well, our whole staff likes eating. <laughs> yeah, it's not just Jerome, but Jerome actually learned how to cook and do all that stuff, which is uh, which is which is very interesting. And and uh, but uh, well, Scott, that was uh, fun. That was well worth the wait. There, glad we got you on, and and appreciate our group for 
rallying and, and, and getting you on. Thanks for being patient, and uh, we really appreciate it. That should be a great crowd. Saturday night, no excuse, not a school night. You can still go to Sunday school the next day, but uh, this is going to be a great one. It's already sold out, so, I, you know, it's going to be – it'll be a lot of fun. I appreciate it, Scott. Well, thank you, and uh, uh, see you on Saturday night, hopefully. You know I'll be in the house. Uh, it is Scott Drew on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Wes Miller and his group, Cincinnati, they'll rebound. You better block out. They'll, they'll hit the boards. They'll hit the boards both ways. It's time for Eve. He got one little down moment out of his system. He is a dominant player, and I think he's going to come out with a fire uh, on uh, t- uh, on Saturday. So this is going to be exciting to see. The Baylor women, remember, are at noon tomorrow. Need to listen to that one as well. All right.